I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. More coronavirus lockdown Madness, an update on that St. Louis couple holding a weapon out in front and the greatest Antifa fight you will ever see in your life. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. We need to have a long talk right now about women's flats. Yes, I'm talking about the shoes I'm talking about those hideous-looking shoes, and don't worry, I'm getting to something with all this. This is going somewhere. Well, allow me to be the bearer of bad news, ladies. They look awful. And I don't mean, oh, they're not bad. I mean, they look terrible. 
Now, remember, I didn't say anything about forcing women to wear heels in the workplace. I mean, women look great in tennis shoes, boots, whatever. But those flats make you look like a 12-year-old on your way to ballet practice. And you know what's amazing about this? Everybody in society knows it. Everyone. Other women know it. Women notice everything. Women know they look like crap. Men know it. But it's become acceptable in society for women to wear them in a professional environment. Now, why is that? Why is that? It's not professional for a man to wear sweatpants in a work environment because it's comfortable. So what happened with flats? Well, it's a great example of our society today and how we can accept a big lie and another person repeats the big lie and another person repeats the big lie and everybody knows the truth, but because everyone else is telling the big lie, no one wants to be the bad guy to say what I just said to you. Women know they're horrible looking. Every dude doesn't want to see. There's not a dude in the world wants to see his girl show up for a date wearing freaking flats. Everyone knows they suck. But women like to wear them. They're comfortable. So it became this thing. And everyone's too scared to speak the truth. Because it's just easier to tell a lie. And that is the America we live in today. And that is a great example of why we have so many insane problems. Insane problems where we deal with everything. Everything that's easy to deal with because of the big lie. But the actual problem itself? Oh, no, no, you can't address that or you get in trouble. I mean, it, it applies perfectly to the, to the riots, to the looting, everything we've seen for the past, what, three, four weeks now? Looting, rioting, burning, defund the cops. Cops are the problem. Police brutality. There aren't any numbers to prove that. You know what the numbers do prove? That the poor black communities in the big cities in this country have a humongous fatherlessness problem. And that every single statistic shows if you grow up without a dad, has nothing to do with skin color, you grow up without a father, you, your percentages for success in life plummet. Plummet by every single measurable metric. We know that. And yet we spent three, four weeks blaming cops. Now we're defunding cops. Cops are standing down. Murders are going through the roof. And still nobody wants to speak basic truth. Everyone knows by now. Everybody knows. In every community, of every skin color, every class, both political parties, every single person knows the cops are not the problem in the urban black communities that have a crime problem. Everybody knows it. And yet, are you allowed to say that? I guarantee someone will email the first because I just said that. Probably lots of people. That's why I thank God I work for the first because they don't care. They'll laugh. Again, you are forced because of what society deems acceptable to constantly tell the big lie. And you know, maybe the biggest lie out there right now, and we are ruining our entire country over it, coronavirus. I mean, I understand people were scared in, a, in the very beginning. I get that. It's a deadly disease, a deadly, a deadly disease that came from China, which adds some extra spice to it, doesn't it? There, you know, it's kind of far east. There are enemies. Who knows? Was it, was it, did they make it on purpose? And then you start, you start hearing numbers in the newspaper. 50 million people. We're all going to die. But none of that stuff came true. I'm not, I'm not denying people have died from coronavirus. By all accounts, it's a nasty little bug. But we're talking about a virus 
with a 99.98% chance of survival if you get it. That, that's astounding. I'm sorry to say what I'm about to say with all due respect, but you don't hurt your country for a virus with a 99.98% chance of surviving. No nation in the history of mankind would even dream of it, of any age. Pick your age, pick your country, and then pick your ruler. And I want you to imagine going in and sitting down and saying, listen, here, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, you know, we need to lock down every business, shut down the economy, not even trade, send everyone inside and lock them inside. And he'd go, well, why? And you'd say, there's a deadly illness coming. And he'd say, my word, geez, it must be really bad. Are we talking Black Plague, even though it wasn't around then? Are we talking Black Plague? How many people are going to die? Oh, 99.98% of you are going to live. He would not only probably laugh at you, he wouldn't even throw you out of the castle. He'd have you thrown to the lions for fear that you're either mad or the stupidest person who ever walked the earth. And yet, we've accepted that's what we're supposed to do here in America for a virus with a 99.98% chance of surviving, we've just accepted, <laughs> oh well, everyone go home again, lock down. Oh no, don't worry that we just ran up an $850 billion deficit in June, in one month. We used to yell about Barack Obama running up trillion dollar deficits in a year. We almost matched it in one month. We are wrecking this place. And I understand there's a good chance you haven't felt the pain now. Believe me when I tell you it's coming. It's coming. We're holding interest rates low. We're kicking the can down the road. Oh, here's some extra unemployment money. It's all good. Someone has to pay that at some point. At some point, that can you're kicking down the road falls off the cliff at the end of it, and we are racing towards it. And yet, society's going along again. <laughs> okay. Well, obviously, that's what you do when coronavirus pops up. Uh, uh, Gavin Newsom, he's closed the whole state for good again. Uh, we are now effectively, uh, rather effective today, requiring all counties to close their indoor act. Activities, their indoor operations uh, in the following sectors restaurants, wineries, tasting rooms, movie theaters, family entertainment centers, zoos and museums, card rooms, uh, and uh, the shuttering of all bars. This is in every county in the state of California, uh, not just the counties that were on the monitoring list uh, that we announced on July 1st. Uh, so, this is a new statewide action uh, effective today. Every county in the state of California impacted uh, by a requirement now to modify indoor operations and to expand opportunities uh, for outdoor operations uh, in these specific categories. For a virus with a 99.98% chance survival rate, think about every business he just listed. Businesses that have barely, that have struggled to hang on throughout the last idiotic lockdown. And think about how many this lockdown is going to finish for good. That's somebody's livelihood. Not somebody, I shouldn't say. A lot of people's livelihood. In what universe, what kind of planet do we live on now? What has happened to this nation? Do we not have anybody, leaders, real leaders? 
state, local, federal level who will stand up and say, yep, some people are going to die. That's awful. We will mobilize. We will save as many as we can. But life must go on or the standard of living for all 330 million people goes down. Is that a difficult sentence? What I just said, is that a difficult How am I the only one saying that? I'm an idiot on television. Why do we not have elected officials saying that? Where's the leadership in this country? But we all have to accept the big lie. Oh, honey, your flats look good. Gosh, jeez. Newsom, oh, he's got a He's got an enforcement task force. Enforcement is not just about being punitive. It's also about educating people, allowing people to make modifications, uh, but moreover, uh, to address the bad actors, the folks that are simply just disregarding uh, these orders and to hold them to some account as well. He's also releasing violent criminals from jail. Not making that up. Quote, This is serious stuff, when he was asked about it. This is serious stuff and requires a seriousness of purpose. I hate politicians. Only politicians talk like that. People are just saying, just release thousands and thousands of people. Each and every one of these cases are sobering, challenging, and there's a deep personal responsibility that comes with this job, but a sense of deep urgency as well to decompress the system in a judicious and thoughtful way. I freaking hate people who talk in this way. And I love this sobering, challenging, and a deep responsibility. So each and every one of these violent scumbags who go out and harm an innocent resident of California, Newsom is going to publicly accept responsibility? Yeah, I'm sure he will. This is real. This is a real quote, okay? I want you to understand this. This is a county official from Ohio. Quote, oh, this is about a hotline. You can call a hotline if somebody's not wearing a mask. The mask the Surgeon General told you not to wear at the beginning of the virus. Quote, this is not intended to be going out and finding people not wearing masks. Oh, thank goodness. We want people to wear their masks. We want people to do it voluntarily. There's not enough people in law enforcement throughout the country to track down people, chase them around, and figure out who we can, who we can go after for not wearing a mask. No. I mean, you can do this voluntarily. It's not about... (laughs) We want you to do it voluntarily. But if you get caught with no mask, it's a second-degree misdemeanor punishable by up to 90 days in jail or a $750 fine. I want you to wear your mask, but it's your choice. It's voluntary. But if you don't wear it, I'm throwing you in handcuffs and sending you to jail for three months. Cuomo... Their contact tracing in New York, this is what he had to say about it. New York is issuing an emergency health order. Out-of-state travelers from designated high COVID states must provide their contact information upon arrival. If you fail to provide it, you will receive a summons with a $2,000 fine. We are serious about enforcing quarantine. You do not have to accept big lies. And you really do not have to accept any more big lies about coronavirus. I'm fine if you want to talk to me in a normal voice. If you want to tell me about it can do this, it might do that, we're not really sure. Because let's be honest, I don't think any of you people are really sure. 
the information changes every single day, which would be fine. I understand there's new information coming in all the time if we weren't wrecking our economy while you figure things out. I've had enough. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, as you can imagine, it's a little e it's a little bit more and more difficult lately for me to calm down by the time my head hits the pillow at night. Sometimes I do this show and the blood pressure tends to rise a little. And then I lay down and what normally happens is my mind starts racing a mile a minute. I start thinking about the show I had, these idiots running the country, the show I'm going to have tomorrow. And that would keep me awake, used to keep me awake. Instead, I got an ebb sleep now. And now those thoughts just kind of calm down and I go to sleep because it applies precise, continuous cooling to my forehead puts me asleep fast and keeps me asleep. That might be the best part. And you can try it risk-free for 60 days. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryeb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse. Get 25 bucks off. We'll be back. Everybody remembers that St. Louis couple, the St. Louis couple that was standing on the lawn. You know, he's in the pink shirt, although people tell me that's salmon. It's pink, okay? He's standing on the lawn in the pink shirt, AR in his hands, his wife sitting there hoarding a weapon very poorly, I might add, but holding a weapon because they had some Black Lives Matter guys kick down a gate and march across their private property, shout threats at them. The guy steps out, defends his home. The Black Lives Matter rioters move along. Well... He thinks he's going to get indicted now. My attorney advised me not to be on the show tonight because the rumor is that we're going to be indicted shortly. Okay. Having said that, this is the same circuit attorney. There are at least 35 of the protesters that torched and looted downtown St. Louis, but now she wants to indict me. I didn't shoot anybody. I just held my ground, protected my house, and I'm sitting here on television tonight instead of dead or putting out the, the smoldering embers of my home. But what if I was an employee somewhere? If I did what I did and I was an employee of anybody else, I'd have been canned the next day. My family would have been canned. Uh, no one would ever get a job again. This is the kind of social pressure that keeps people from standing up and defending themselves. I'm going to give you one of my favorite historical quotes of all time. The great Roman general Pompey Magnus he was the guy, he fought against Julius Caesar, they were buds, and he fought against him. It's a long story, but Pompey Magnus is one of the great generals of all time. And there was a period in Rome when Sulla was the man in charge, and Pompey was the younger guy working for Sulla, and they were going around murdering people. That's really just pretty much what they were doing. Sulla would pick somebody he didn't like, decided he wanted their ranch or whatever you call it, and they go around murdering people. And Pompey kicks in a door one day, begins to do his work, and somebody tells him that what he's doing is a violation of the law. And this is one of the great quotes of all time because of how true it is. Pompey turns to this man and says to him, Do not quote laws to men with swords. We are, and I don't mean this to be doom and gloom, I don't, let's just acknowledge where we are. Remember, we acknowledge reality on this show. We are not a nation on the rise. Nations rise and nations fall. It's just, that's history, man. That's the way life goes. I'm not saying America's going to end tomorrow or something like that, but let's be honest. 
America's best days are behind her. Hopefully we go on another thousand years and keep this great experiment going as long as possible. But our best days are behind us. That's fine. That's the way it goes. And we are experiencing right now, when it comes to things like this, what we're experiencing is what happens when you start to limp towards the end. When you cease becoming a nation of laws and people turn around and realize, laws? What do laws matter? We're a nation of power, just like the law of the jungle. And it's time for you and I to accept that we here in America, we are now a nation of power. Do you know why this couple's going to be indicted? And as he said, all those other people aren't going to be indicted? Power? What does law have to do with it? The leftists realized this a long time ago as they packed the courts with their judges, as they pack the district attorney offices across the United States of America. The DA decides whether or not to prosecute. The DA has all the power in the world. While we're all busy out in the front lawn putting out a Trump signs, MAGA baby, give him a MAGA hat. The leftists, they're packing city councils. They're packing mayoral offices. They're packing DAs. And the law is now whatever they want it to be. Don't you remember the lockdowns? Arresting pastors? Arresting small business owners for opening the doors? All of a sudden, there's a gigantic Black Lives Matter rally in every city across America, and it's hands off, baby. Hey, they have a right to do what they want. Who am I? Why? Power. Is that justice? No, it's not justice. But maybe it's time for you and I to accept justice is not something that really exists around here much anymore, is it? When's the last time somebody in power was held to account? Oh, don't get me wrong. I realize we have a big investigation right now with Barr and Durham, and they're going to get to the bottom of all this FBI malfeasance and what happened under Barack Obama. How confident are you anybody in power is going to see the inside of a prison cell for using the federal law enforcement arm as a political weapon against their opponent? I mean, they should bury that person under the prison. How confident are you anyone's going to see the inside of a prison cell? I'm not thrilled about what I'm telling you right now. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not cheering for it. Woohoo! We're, it's Mad Max out here now, baby. Get me my leather face mask. But let's accept where we are. There aren't laws, really. California's turning prisoners loose. New York City's turning prisoners loose. Why? Well, those, those people aren't voting Republican. I mean, that's only going to help us with our base, right? We have a party in this country, one of the, one, uh, an entire party on the left, and half the Republican Party, they're committed to having our borders open. That's all a blatant violation of the law. If ICE, the immigration enforcement arm, were to go find somebody today, an illegal immigrant, take them and deport them, they would be stopped almost immediately. You realize that? Unless that illegal immigrant had multiple felonies or something horrible, if they were to just find somebody here illegally and deport them, which is ICE's job and the law, ICE would be stopped. We don't have laws. Let's stop pretending we have laws. Let's accept the fact that we have the power or you don't have the power. Let's start getting the power back and start enforcing our will because... 
That's where we are now. And you know where else we are? This is just a brief side note, totally unrelated to that, but it's my show and my mind goes different directions sometimes. Somebody took a picture of Senator Ted Cruz as he was sitting on a flight. Ted Cruz sitting there, cup of joe in his hand, looking at his phone, not wearing his mask. Of course, this person takes a picture of him, blasts it all over the internet. Of course, it has to be about the mask and whatnot. Maybe you're a hardcore mask person. Maybe you're a hardcore anti-mask person. It's not about that. When did it become acceptable in society to snap the picture of perfect strangers and publicize them? Now, I realize Senator Cruz is a big boy, and full disclosure, he's a friend. But when did that become something that we just accept and do in this country? Is that the kind of place you want to live in? Put your phone down. All right. Now, I'm not sure of a way I can get through to you for this, so I'm just going to give it to you right away. You realize there's a chance they will take your home from you if someone jacks your home title. You realize that's not just something I'm making up. That's happening to people. I have direct quotes from people right here. This is a direct quote from a lady named Deborah. I couldn't believe we were being evicted from our home that we did not sell. That's not some made-up story. That's the cybercrime that's sweeping the nation. Your insurance isn't going to take care of it. Your identity theft protection or whatever it is isn't going to take care of it. If someone steals your home title, gets your signature on it, which they can do without you, and gets a loan out against it, you will pay that loan back or you will lose your home. It is that big of a deal, and I can't give it to you any more direct than that. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Put in your address. Find out if you're already a victim, which you might be. Hopefully not. While you're there, use the code JESSE. Get yourself 30 free days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. Joining me now is a man who is an actually great congressman. Lord knows we need more of those, and it's not just because he has an amazing name. His name is Mike Kelly, congressman from Pennsylvania, and his, his new law he's proposing is a mouthful, so I'm going to read it, congressman, if you excuse me a moment. That's fine, yes. The headline is this. Kelly, I like that part, introduces oh, yeah. Essential Workforce Parity Act to support health care heroes during coronavirus pandemic. Congressman, what does this law do? Okay, you know what, Jess, what we find out is that during the CARES package and things that we put out, there was, uh, there was a piece of that act that said, look, if, you are, are, uh, if you're in the workforce, you can be away from the workforce, you can take a, a, the, uh, the, the leave, you'll have a, an unpaid leave, but you'll still be able to we'll protect your job, except for one thing. If you're in the healthcare workforce, you can't take that time off. You're, you're, you're going to be handled differently than the other parts of the workforce. And you think, oh, wait a minute. So we refer to these folks all the time as angels. We refer to them as heroes. And then we say, but uh, when it comes to treating you the way we treat other workers during the pandemic, you're going to be treated differently. You're not going to be able to take that time off. Maybe you're sick uh, or you have a loved one at home that you're going to take care of. In those cases, you're not going to have some of the same safeguards that other workers have. So there was a disparity there. I said, geez, the people that who are on the front lines, the people who are subjecting themselves more than other folks uh, to this exposure, 
are, are being told by the same thing as you're not going to be given the same workforce uh, attributes that others are. And, and I think what we were worried about is, my goodness, if we're going to protect people, let's make sure we're protecting those who protect us and those who serve us uh, at times of need. So, well, the whole idea behind it was to take a look at legislation. Well, well, well intended was not fully thought out. And in some cases, if I'm a, a nurse, uh, if, if I'm a healthcare provider, if I'm an ambulance driver, uh, and somebody in my family gets sick and I have to go home to take care of them, I'm not going to be given some of the same leeway that other people are in the workforce. All we're trying to do is level the playing field, make sure it's fair for everybody and give these folks the same opportunity. Now, Congress in its wisdom, and I do mean this sincerely, in its wisdom said, well, if you do that, we're going to leave lose too many people in our healthcare workforce and we don't want them to be able to do that. And you think, well, that's kind of upside down thinking. Let's make sure we level the playing field and folks that need to have that time off they get the same workplace protections as other people do and the ability then to be off and then come back and your job's still protected. That's what it was all about. Uh, the other part of it, Jess, is on uh, protection from, from frivolous lawsuits uh, that I think we all are know in this litigious society that we're in, you know, you'd be doing, doing the right thing for the right reasons to help people and find out four months later or six months later that all of a sudden there's a lawsuit filed against you because somebody feels that you didn't do something right during their period of being sick. Uh, and it, it was a problem. No, look, for bad actors, for people that, that do have, have a major problem, I, we have to have safeguards in, in place and we have to have oversight. But we want to reduce now, the, the availability to just frivolous lawsuits. Now, Congressman, what does it actually, I mean, the idea of it, as you know, the devil's always in the details. What yes, does it yeah. do? Is it a federal law mandating this employer must do this, this employer must do that? What does it actually do yeah, for these yeah. healthcare workers? Well, what it does, it, it actually, it gives, it gives these healthcare workers the same, the same privileges, the same oversight that every single worker has now. They were the only ones, uh, Jess, that were singled out. And, and so what it is, is you know, you know what, let's make sure that we're calling them heroes, we're calling them their angels, they're the people that were there when we needed them the most, put themselves in the most danger, that worked longer hours than anybody expected. So why would you all of a sudden tell them they're not entitled to the same uh, privileges and the same coverages that people in the regular workforce are? So for instance, uh, you're, you're working on a job and, and you have a problem at home. Well, you have, you're given that window of opportunity to go home and help that person who who's ill uh, without affecting your, your workplace, uh, being able to come back to work. All we're trying to do is just level that playing field, give our people working in healthcare the same coverage. Now, Congressman, what else is the House working on that has a chance to actually pass? Everybody knows the kind of political yeah. environment we live in now, and like may, maybe nothing has a chance to pass because we know we're coming up on election, but is there anything for the American people that has a chance to pass the House that's actually decent? Yeah, well, you know, I, I would like to tell you yes. Uh, I will, I'll be just tell you because you hit the nail on the head. November 3rd is coming up, and... Uh, Look, the majority right now in the House of Representatives, uh, and if they want to bring up legislation that would, would that would address the coronavirus, COVID-19, and address the pandemic and be specific to that, as opposed to other things that you would just throw in there to say, look, if, if you guys want paycheck protection, you're going to have to give us some other odd piece. Uh, if you want to do uh, something for uh, PPE uh, uh, equipment, you're going to have to give us something else. I, the Republicans are centered on let's address 
the highest priority needs when it comes to the pandemic. The president has been very clear about that. We need to take care of those folks that have been affected by this pandemic. Uh, in the House of Representatives, as, as you know, when Mrs. Pelosi now, the, the last couple of things that they've rolled out, no political, no, no, uh, no Republican input at all. Uh, Kevin McCarthy has not been able to go and put forth what we think would be things that are very important, whether it be extending pay, paycheck protection programs, whether it would be helping with other programs, economic programs, uh, whether it would be helping hospitals or, or states, whatever. Uh, that doesn't get into legislation because we're in the minority. The majority makes up the basic body of the bill, and we've been denied participating at that level. So I might tell people Congressman, look, anything that, we could do to help, is, we would do. Is that pretty common for the party in charge to not allow any put in at all for the minority party? Because that sounds pretty extreme for me, but to me, or is that the norm in Washington? You know what? It's the norm right now. Um, it wasn't the norm before. When we were in the majority, there was, uh, there was back and forth. Uh, we wanted to hear what their ideas were. In this case right now, we're not getting that back and forth. We're not getting a chance to give a balanced approach to legislation. It's a, it's a one-size-fits-all. You take it or leave it. You don't get a chance to have any input on it. And then it's, it's rolled out. As you know, Jess, we, we get a bad rap from the media saying, well, Republicans don't want to go along with helping people out with their unemployment and say, well, yeah, we wanted to if that had actually been the basic part of the, of the legislation. When you start adding other things in that have nothing to do with the pandemic, I mean, that last bill that was proposed by the majority was one and a half trillion dollars, which was about $750 billion of wasted money that didn't, didn't address the problems that were the ones that are most uh, had to be uh, taken care of at hand. And that is the results of the coronavirus, the pandemic. We don't mind spending money helping out on that, wasting money for the sake of wasting money and then saying, look, you don't want to go along with this, it's truly wrong. In the past, I've been here now 10 years, almost 10 years, uh, when Speaker Boehner was in the in the speaker's position, when Mr. Ryan was in the speaker's position, there was a back and forth, a give and take uh, to come up with a program that made sense. In this case, uh, this is pretty much, uh, this is just coming out of Speaker Pelosi's office. It's really, I don't even know how much her her people actually have a chance in their conference to have input on it. It says it's real radical stuff, like, like the Green New Deal stuff that was inserted into it. It has nothing to do with the pandemic. Congressman, what's the best sandwich you've had in Pennsylvania? Cheesesteak down in Philadelphia. That's the best one I've had, although it's hard for me to ever pass up any cheeseburger. <laughs> I, I, yes, you'd have, you would have to go long and hard to find something I didn't like. Also, uh, chili dogs. I love chili dogs. Uh, we have what we call Greek hot dogs up in Erie, Pennsylvania, with a Greek sauce on it and some onions. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, you don't get this, you don't get to be my size with not eating. <laughs> I enjoy it. Congress. And then wash it done with, 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 a, with a drink or two or three. <laughs> <laughs> Congressman Mike Kelly, I'll see you soon, sir. Because Jesse, good being with you. God bless. Be good. Thank you. Love that guy. Well, remember, as I told you last night, the wife stole my Raycon earbuds. She's never used earbuds in her life. I let her borrow them for one day. She stole them and didn't give them back. That's how great these things are. I don't listen to the Bluetooth in my truck anymore after my phone hooks up to it. I just put in my Raycon earbuds, or I did before the wife stole them and drive to work. 
These things are that comfortable. And they're not these big, you know, have a wire on them, nasty looking things. They're just little black things go right in your ear like this. Bass sounds clear. Voices sound clear. You can fast forward, rewind, volume up, down. Come with this slick little carrying case. Go to buyraycon.com slash jesse. That's buyraycon.com slash jesse. When you go there, that actually gets you 15% off the already great price. And I'm going to have to go myself. Buyraycon.com slash jesse. We'll be back. Joining me now with the news and why it matters on Blaze TV is Sarah Gonzalez. Sarah, I opened up the show with this amazing analogy today. It was incredible. I wish you were there for it. But I was talking about how women's flats are a great example of how society is forced to accept the big lie. Men are too scared to speak the truth. Women just reinforce it to each other. Ah, you look so cute. Yeah, you should chop all your hair off. But in reality, everybody knows it looks terrible. And that's very similar to what we're looking at now with this insanity in the streets, with the coronavirus lockdowns. We have a virus with not over 99% survivability rate, and everyone's just accepted we should shut down America for it. Yeah, I mean, first of all, kudos on that analogy. I could not agree more uh, with that particular analogy. But, you know, it, it's crazy how people will just take hook, line, and sinker what people, what the government tells them to be true, and they don't question any of it anymore. Because it turns out if you scare the people enough, if you instill enough fear in the average American person, they are willing to go through the motions, whether or not it makes sense at all. I mean, for instance, I was, I entered a restaurant uh, just this weekend and we were told that we needed to go get a mask even though there were open tables we could have walked directly to a table uh, in which case we would have been exempt from wearing a mask and I turned to look at there's a gentleman right behind me sitting on the bench with a mask only covering his mouth and below and it's like well, you do realize his mask isn't even really a mask. It's not working. It's not doing its intended purpose if you tell us that masks work. So there are a whole lot of things that don't make sense. But unfortunately, uh, it turns out there are a whole lot of American citizens who just want to just take whatever the government tells them as true as long as it helps them not be scared anymore. Why do you question things? Are you born? I've been trying to figure this out recently. Are, are, are we born this way? Is this something we get from our parents? Because I want to instill this in my kids of questioning everything. Not like a jerk. I don't want them being that kid in class. Uh -huh, my dad says that's wrong. But I want them to question everything. And it seems like so many people just want to be told what to do. I think it's a combination of being born a certain way, uh, and I think it's also a uh, something having to do with the way that you're taught. I think that you know, if you go through the motions and you're taught what to think and not how to think, you often don't have those critical thinking skills. But I also think that you know, it just comes down to um, whether or not you think that the government is a benevolent or malevolent uh, force as a whole. I don't believe the government is there as a benevolent force. I don't believe that they are our benevolent over. Lords. Therefore, any decision that they make, I am going to question and I am going to follow, you know, all, all kinds of science, not just the science that the government directs me to. And I think that that's a key thing that a lot of people are missing is that when have we ever believed that the government was a benevolent force that's only doing things solely for our own good and no other ulterior motive? I mean, when has that ever happened? It's amazing to me that people actually think that, that that's why they're doing this. Sarah, I talked earlier in the show 
about, and not to be all doom and gloom about it, but I do not believe one of these things, America's best days are ahead. I, I think that's a bunch of crap. We are clearly a, a, an empire that is on the downhill swing. How slowly we do that, who knows? But I think it's crazy when people think to themselves that there's a law. I get this question all the time. What about the law? That's against the law. Oh, that's a violation of the law. Like this St. Louis couple who's about to be indicted. There is no law anymore. There's a bunch of radical DAs and judges enforcing everything the leftists want against everybody the leftists hates. And that's really what we are now. We're just gain power and use it, right? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, uh, as depressing as it sounds, you are correct that the law is only what the lawmakers determine that it is at the particular time that they decide to enforce the law. I mean, in St. Louis, you have, you know, a circuit attorney who turned a blind eye to at least 35 of the protesters who were actually looting and rioting and burning buildings in that same area in St. Louis, turns a blind eye and lets these people walk and somehow thinks that it's acceptable to indict a couple for standing their own ground, protecting their own property on their home. And not only that, now they're broadcasting to the entire world that these people are unarmed now. They're making them a target on Black Lives Matter lists, on Antifa lists, and they're broadcasting to the world that uh, these people are now unarmed and further leaking, you know, their history, trying to uh, trying to to tell the world that these people are bad people, that they have a shady track record. I don't care what kind of track record they have. They had every right to stand there and defend their property. And the fact that they have to justify that now is absolutely abhorrent. It is it's it's a, it says horrible things about the justice system over there uh, in St. Louis for sure. Exactly. Plus, they're lawyers. They all have a shady track record. I mean, everyone knows this <laughs> now. <laughs> the death penalty. We had some white supremacist scumbag uh, got killed. First federal prisoner in two decades or something. I don't know. I don't do research for the show, but he's dead now. Where do you right. stand on the death penalty? It's one of the only political issues I waver back and forth all the time. On one hand, you read the story of what that guy did. Yes, go ahead and kill him. I'd be happy to do it myself. On the other hand, government sucks at everything. Why should I think government can do executions right? Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong there. It is something that as a pro-life person, I do also see the hypocrisy in my own beliefs on, you know, I am staunchly pro-life, but I do also agree that there are some uh, justifications for the death penalty. However, I do hesitate to sign on to that uh, fully, 100%, when you look at the efficiency of government, when you look at the amount of cases that we see being overturned in the judicial system. 20 years later, 30 years later, we see these people with with, uh, you know, evidence that actually ends up exonerating them. And you have to wonder how many people have been done a disservice by the criminal justice system because of the fact that it is part of the bureaucracy and they're going to get it wrong. And it, I mean, it does give you pause, but I think at the end of the day, there are certain crimes that I am comfortable saying this person does not belong in society and taxpayers should not pay for them to just sit in prison for the remainder of their life. Why is Nancy Pelosi such a prominent voice in the Democrat Party? I mean, I understand how she got to power. That's just the nature of being an ambitious congresswoman. You give a lot of favors. You do a lot of favors. You're owed a lot of favors. That's just the nature of the beast. I get that. But why still trot her out there all the time as a major voice on the news when, I mean, even Democrats have to know this is not a likable human being. People, she's not even close to relatable to anybody. She comes off like the bad guy in a movie. So why? I've always thought it was the weirdest thing. 
It is bizarre. I think it comes down to tenure when you're talking about Congress, when you're talking about uh, government leaders. I think it comes down to tenure and the people who have been there the longest. There is just this unspoken rule that those are the people that are, quote, allowed to rule them. But I will say, I think the more AOCs, Ilhan Omars, Rashida Tlaibs that get elected to Congress, I think the more we will see a growing divide in the Democrat Party uh, between this new breed and the old breed. Because as we can see, just from, uh, you know, all of the the squads first term, they are not comfortable with that and they are not uh, quiet about it. They are in fact very vocal about the fact that they don't believe that Nancy Pelosi should have that top spot at the table. So it'll be interesting to see them uh, kind of eat their own because certainly Nancy Pelosi is not making a case for herself every time she goes out on television and speaks. She's not making the case for herself that she deserves the spot. Why stay if you're Nancy Pelosi? I, I'm not sure I've read this a long time ago. I think she's worth like $50 million or something like that. You're 9,000 years old. Why are you still doing this? Why is she not sipping on nine bottles of water in a vineyard in San Francisco somewhere with her feet up? I find people to be so bizarre. I'm going to be on my own private island one day throwing grapes up to myself. Well, I mean, first of all, I think it's it's very generous of you to assume that Nancy Pelosi would be drinking water. I don't think that she has drank uh, water for a very long time. But I think that, it, like most politicians in the swamp, they just get addicted to the power. I mean, why is Joe Biden running for president? He clearly does not have his, his wits about him either. And yet we see him not willing to throw in the towel and go and retire and live out the rest of his life peacefully. I think it's the same for both of them. I think that they are they get obsessed with the power. They get drunk on the power. They they get drunk on the attention. Um, it's not the only thing Nancy Pelosi is drunk on, but it, it becomes very, very hard for them to actually give up. And I think that's why you see these politicians just hanging on to every last thread that they possibly can. What's the first thing you're going to drink once you have that kid? Oh, I am getting me a bottle of Merlot. I'm not sharing it either. I got to tell you, I'm going to go through this Texas summer uh, very, very pregnant, and I will have earned it. I can promise you that. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Sarah Gonzalez with The Blaze. I appreciate you. Thank you. We have, man, this is, I, I realize I've showed you a lot of great videos at the end of my shows. The one today, it's my favorite ever. I can't say it's the greatest ever because we've done a lot of shows. This is without question my favorite video ever, and my buddy did it. I am excited for you and excited for me. Coming up next. There's enough bad news out there. There's enough ugliness on the news. We got the Black Lives Matter riots and looting. We got the Antifa riots and looting. It's all ugly, right? Well, I have an Antifa video for you done by my good friend Chance McLean here in Texas. And I have to tell you, it's the Antifa video you need. You just sit back and enjoy for a minute or two. Let's break this video down, shall we? On the left, Antifa guy. On the right, Swole House Cookie Monster. At this point, things are looking good for Antifa. I have a pipe. You have a hat on backwards. And then right about here, Antifa guy is wishing he had made contact with his pipe. Or even that he had his left arm in a defensive posture. Hold on. I'm 80% sure this guy's wearing a red corset. To each his own. At this very instant, Antifa Guy is fast asleep. There is nothing going through his mind 
except Swolehouse's right fist. He'll wake up, find his teeth, and reset his bar that defines the meaning of the word regret. This is his trip to the ground, that big, hard, immovable object he's about to not slow himself down from smashing into. Notice the sunglasses flying off his head. They still haven't landed, by the way. Swolehouse is dissatisfied with Antifa's rate of descent, so he gives a little downward nudge. There, that's better. Swolehouse's eyes immediately dart to the next threat, Smoking Chick. He quickly determines she's no threat after all. Unfortunately, the video stops here, abruptly. Kinda like Antifa guy's landing. I'll see you tomorrow. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually my drink was give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money, bam, I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.